Good Friday is bitter. If you consider it for what it is, if you don't turn away because it's uncomfortable, if you let the truth stare you in the face, it's bitter. It's like the bitter herbs the Israelites of old ate at Passover. If you had the opportunity to go through Christ's final hours, you know what I'm talking about. The bitter herbs that the ancient Israelites ate in that Passover meal, symbolizing their suffering in Egypt. God didn't want them to ever forget the bitterness of it all. Same. Same. It left a bitter taste in their mouth, as did the sour wine that Jesus was offered on the cross, symbolizing the bitterness of his suffering, not to mention the bitterness of his death. It was bitter. And so is the memory of it. The commemoration we call Good Friday. This too is, is bitter. Uncomfortable. Bitter to our soul. Uh, bitter to our sensibilities with all of the brutality of it. And it leaves a bitter taste. Almost perceptibly. Good Friday was and is bitter. But as we sang, it's also sweet isn't it? And that we should never forget either. Sweet because of what Jesus did on the cross. Bitter because of what he suffered and bitter because he died, but sweet because of what he accomplished on the cross, what he achieved, what he finished. Resulting in a sweetness that soothes the soul like no, nothing else and, and bringing together an uncomfortable juxtaposition, if you will, that's both bitter and sweet at the same time. Bitter, sweet. And I want to highlight that awkward mixture with four contrasts here for the next few minutes. Four truths that break our heart and fill our heart at the same time. Truths that are bitter on the one hand, but sweet on the other simultaneously. Here's the first. Good Friday is bitter because Jesus died. Full stop. Good Friday is bitter because Jesus died. Died. That's the bottom line. Mark 15, 37 says, Jesus uttered a loud cry and breathed his last. He died. His heart stopped beating. His mind stopped thinking. His blood stopped flowing. 
The, the promised, think of it, the promised Messiah died. The snake crusher, Genesis 3.15, died. The offspring of Abraham died. The one like Moses died. The lion of Judah died. The son of David died. The hope of the ages died. The son of God It's almost too bitter to say it. The Son of God died. No more talking, no more walking, no more preaching, no more truth, no more grace, no more mercy, no more miracles, no more anything. Just nothing except a corpse. I don't think we grasp that. Most of the time because we don't take the time and some of the time because we don't want to. We know the end of the story and the end of the story is a lot sweeter. And because of that, I don't think we appreciate the loss. I don't think we grasp the sudden hopelessness and utter helplessness when the light of the world went dark. And not because he was, you know, obscured or, or hidden away, hidden under a, a bushel, but because he was snuffed out, you know, like you do with your thumb and forefinger to a candle's flame, leaving nothing but a lifeless thread of wax. Can you imagine it? You can if it's bitter. and sour and doesn't feel right. Good Friday is bitter because Jesus died. But sweet, sweet because he died for us. Sweet because he died for us. That's the good part affirmed over and over again in the New Testament, isn't it? Like in Romans 5.8 that says, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Christ died bitter, bitter. But praise God, that's not where it stops. That's not the end of the story. Christ died for us. Sweet. Sweet. He took our place. He bore our sins in his body on the tree, the cross. And died for our sins. Bearing the punishment we deserve so that we wouldn't have to. An infinite punishment of infinite separation from God. And he did it for us. which makes his bitter death sweet. Oh, precious, treasured, good. Of all things, good. Talk about working all things together for good. Hence the label for this day. Good Friday. 
sweet Friday. Achingly precious Friday. Because when Jesus died, he died for us. Sparing us the same. Protecting us from what was certain. Forgiving us for what we've done and what we do. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. Amazing grace, how sweet the taste. Second, Good Friday, on the other hand, is bitter because Jesus bore God's wrath. Oh, there's one. Good Friday is bitter because Jesus bore God's wrath. He endured God's anger and God's curse for our sin. True, true. Galatians 3.13. Christ redeemed us, that is, rescued and released us. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, that is, the, the wrath of God ending in death. That curse. Because of our disobedience, our failure to live up to the standard of the law, our failure to live up to the standard of God's righteousness. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us, enduring God's wrath for us, bearing God's wrath for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree. Afflicted is everyone who dies on a cross, not just physically. Jesus bore God's wrath. Bitter. But we don't tend to think that way. We don't. That God so hates sin, it makes him angry. It does. If it didn't, if, if he wasn't full of wrath towards sin, he wouldn't be God. Because he wouldn't be holy. God's Holiness considers our sin an offense, an offense to him, an affront to him, an insult to him. Like how dare we, the created ones, thumb our nose at the creator? It's an offense. No wonder there's wrath. And to think that Jesus bore it is bitter. To think that he took the full blast of it is bitter. Drank the full cup is bitter. That's why he prayed as we just heard, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. What what cup? What cup? The cup of wrath. Brutal and bitter. Overwhelming and devastating. Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. But he didn't, did he? And Jesus drank it all. Every last bitter drop. It's another reason that Good Friday is bitter. Because Jesus bore God's wrath, but it's also sweet because in doing so, in doing so, he appeased it. He appeased God's wrath. 
Once again for us, 1 John 2, 2. He, Jesus, is the propitiation for our sins. And not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Propitiation means appeasement of wrath. In this case, God's wrath. God's righteous wrath. Jesus is the appeasement or the complete satisfaction of God's wrath for our sins. Complete appeasement. He didn't just calm God down for a few minutes, you know, a few moments while his wrath remains. That's not propitiation. You know, like one parent calms another after their teenager carelessly backed in, backs into a, another car. It's okay, sweetie, it's okay. It was, it was just an accident. At least she's not hurt. That's not propitiation. You know what I'm talking about. That's not propitiation because the wrath remains. It's just under wraps until everybody gets home. <laughs> Any resemblance to actual events, by the way, is purely intentional. <laughs> Jesus didn't just calm God down in his righteous wrath. He appeased it. He pacified it. He took it on himself once and for all and ended it. One of the many aspects of it is finished. He completely, once and for all time, appeased God's wrath. Which means, and this could be the most important thing I say all evening. Which means that the wrath of God for every sin you've ever committed and every sin you will commit has been fully appeased by Jesus. Every sin you've ever committed and every sin you will commit has been fully appeased by Jesus. God's wrath. How sweet is that? How sweet is that? Good Friday is bitter because Jesus bore God's wrath, but sweet because he appeased it. Third, another contrast, Good Friday is bitter because Jesus was condemned. Jesus was condemned shortly before his triumphant entry into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday that we celebrated a few days ago. Jesus took the 12 disciples aside, the Bible says, in Matthew 20. And he said, the Son of Man, he's telling us, you can envision it, he's got the 12 around him. He says, the Son of Man, referring to himself, the Son of Man will be delivered over to the chief priests and scribes and they will condemn him. Sentence him, doom him to death and deliver him over to the Gentiles to be mocked and flogged and crucified. Condemnation to death is the strongest judgment possible. It's the idea that, a, that the person being condemned is no longer worthy of life. Not one bit of it. They're so far gone, so sinful, so wicked, so vile, that death is the only fitting punishment. That's condemnation. And for Jesus, that condemnation came from God. Yes, evil men carried it out, but only as his instruments, ex 2.23, speaking to such men, Peter said, this Jesus delivered up according 
to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God, you crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. Jesus was condemned by his own father. You don't have to be a parent to appreciate the bitterness of that. He was condemned by his own father, and it could be no other way. Bearing the sins of the world, death was the only fitting punishment. Condemnation, the only recourse. It was him or us. And the fact that God chose him is bitter because he didn't deserve it. But it's also sweet, isn't it? Bitter because he was condemned, but sweet because we're not. We're not. We're not condemned. Hallelujah. Romans 8.1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation, no condemnation, no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Praise the Lord. There's no judgment, there's no guilt, there's no sentence, there's no punishment for those who are in Christ. None, none. Just grace, just love, just blessing, just favor, just life. Jesus was condemned that we wouldn't be. But it only applies if you're in him. That's what the verse says. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus that is connected to him, in union with him, in relationship with him, by grace, through faith. Or as we most often say it, no condemnation for those who are saved. If you're in Christ, you're saved from condemnation. Saved from judgment. Saved from eternal death. Saved for Good Friday and because of Good Friday. Which makes Good Friday incredibly, incredibly sweet. And then fourth and last, Good Friday is bitter because Jesus was forsaken. Bitter because he died, sweet because he died for us. Bitter because Jesus bore God's wrath, sweet because he appeased it. Bitter because Jesus was condemned, and sweet because we're not. And then last but not least, it's bitter because Jesus was forsaken. That's what he said on the cross. You know the words. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why have you abandoned me? Why have you deserted me, rejected me, cast me off? It wasn't as though he didn't know. It wasn't as though he didn't know. Forsaken and put away is what happens when you're cursed and hung on a tree. Purge the evil from your midst, the Bible says. Going all the way back to Deuteronomy 19.19. 19. Purge the evil from your midst. In fact, it goes so far as to say that specifically when a man hangs on a tree for evil that he has done, make sure you take his body down before sundown and get him away from you so that his sin doesn't taint you. Purge the evil from your midst. It wasn't as though Jesus didn't know. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He was simply doing what he told us to do and had to do because of his holiness. Because with the sins of the world on his shoulders, Jesus 
was as evil as can be. He bore our sins in his body on the tree, 1 Peter 2.24. So God forsook him, purged him from his presence. Having been in perfect fellowship from eternity past, the father separated himself from his only son, turned his back on him. Unthinkable. Good Friday is bitter because Jesus was forsaken, but sweet because we're accepted. We're accepted. The sin and death that cast him off brought us near, near, so near that God considers us children, his children, part of his family. To, to, to those who receive him, all who receive him, the Bible says, all who believe in his name, he gives the right to become children of God, part of his family, adopted into his presence, indwelt by his spirit, and accepted in the closest possible way. Accepted. Sweet to the soul. Good through and through. Good Friday is... Bitter because Jesus was forsaken, but sweet because we are accepted. Four truths, four contrasts that break our heart and fill our heart at the same time. Make us ache and make us sing at the same time. Make us want to turn away and run to him at the same time. An uncomfortable juxtaposition of amazing truths. And so be it. So be it. Because therein lies our salvation. Therein lies our eternity. Therein lies our assurance and our hope and every other adjective that you can think of that comes from the scriptures. Therein lies the bitter sweetness of good Friday. And I can think of no better time to taste it, the bitter and the sweet, than at the Lord's table. No better time. No better time to taste and see that the Lord is good. No better time to reflect on the bitterness and savor the sweetness. And no better time to come clean and get right with the one who endured it all for you and for me and for us. No better time, the Lord's table, to rest in the fact that there is therefore now no condemnation. and no wrath. Just grace upon grace upon grace. Let's take some time for that. A good amount of time. And when the Spirit leads, you hang on to the bread and the cup. When the Spirit leads, we'll eat and drink together. <laughs>